The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. The truth is with entrepreneurship, you don't know what you're doing. No one does when you first come in. Even if you understand the corporate thing and you understand sort of the steps and the logistics, every day is going to be different, but that's part of the draw, right? You know, you don't know what you're going to get into. And I love to tell people, your name is already being spoken about in rooms you're not even in. So opportunities are happening for me as we speak and they just haven't arrived to me yet. And that's what entrepreneurship has been for me is that, you know, I was out there saying, look, my job right now is make income, right? And make a difference. And that's what I focus on every single day. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. That clip was from our guest of the show today, a very, very dynamic woman, Nicole Walters. And on this episode, we cover a lot of ground. Nicole has an incredible story. Lauren and I were both blown away. I am hopped up on my new morning smoothie that has so many different things in it. I don't even know where to begin. My my eyes, I look like Ren and Stimpy right now. What does it have in it exactly? Because you broke it down for me for 45 Coconut minutes. oil, chia seeds, flax seeds. It's got a banana. It's got blueberry. It's got spinach. It's got protein. It's got turmeric. It's got, I mean, listen, it's, I'm all over the place. You know, one of those people that eats a healthy smoothie for like three days in a row and then just thinks they're really healthy and tells you all about it. No, but let me tell you something, Lauren. You got a juve thing light going on your stomach and your phone and it's giving me feedback on the mic. So you got to get rid of both of them before I can even continue with this introduction. I have my phone because I'm about to introduce Nicole Walters and I have my Juve because I'm passively multitasking, Michael. Listen, we love Juve. Here, Juve, here's another free one. We love it. It's the best, but honestly, it's not good for the mic. So please get rid of it right now. Here we go. She's going rid of it. Nicole Walters is a mom, an entrepreneur, a wife. She is a badass. She quit her job in front of 10,000 people and went on to fucking crush it. She talks all about in this episode how you can do it too. And her story is so inspiring. She grew up ultra poor. We talk about that. And then she talks about where she met her three daughters. And I think you guys are going to love the story of how she met her daughters. I'm not going to give away the full story, but she met them on the side of the road. And the story is one of the most compelling emotional stories I have ever heard on The Skinny Confidential. This episode is emotional. It's inspiring. It's aspirational. It's all the things. I promise you guys, you're going to be obsessed with Nicole Walters. On that note, let's welcome Nicole to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. You met your kids on the side of a street. Yeah. Yeah. We need the story around that. It's crazy because it's one of those things that I've told so many times and it's on the TV show that like I don't even... It doesn't feel weird to me anymore. You know what I mean? But yeah, I was with my husband and we were in Baltimore and we'd been married for about seven years at that point. So it was like date night, you know, and just kind of, you know how you do the thing back and forth where you're like, okay, we did dinner here, but let's go somewhere different for for dessert. Let's go somewhere different for drinks. So we did that. And we were driving to a different spot and I saw this woman on the corner panhandling, but it was like too late, you know, like where it's like 10 o'clock and you know this, Lauren, that mom dar where you're like, something's off. Like when you're when you know your kid doesn't feel well and you're like, no one's taking it seriously, but she seems off. It was that energy where I was like, it's too late. It's too cold. Why are they still out here? So I told my husband to pull over and, you know, just kind of did the whole, hey, how you guys doing? You know, and gave them a little bit of money and we started to drive off. But 
then I told um, my husband, I was like, I need you to turn back. Like something doesn't feel right. Like I just I just want to kind of see what's going on. So we doubled back. And when we doubled back, I said, hey, you guys hungry? And they said, yeah. So I was like, well, hop in the car because this is how I am, I guess. You know? I just want to ask a couple questions. Yeah. Was there an, uh, an adult with them or was it three children? So it was actually my kid's bio mom and a three-year-old. She had just turned three, but she was actually really tiny. She looked about one because she was underfed. She was about 20 pounds underweight. So it was the mother and, and the daughter. And my, and my littlest one. Okay, yep. go ahead. And so uh, we went ahead and I. it's funny because I rarely get emotional when I tell this story, but I was thinking about the very first time I tell this story on my podcast, it's the first episode. And I played that for my daughter when she was six for the first time before I released it. And she looked at me and walked over and just hugged me. You know? Yeah. And I was just like, oh. so I was just like, I just like had a flashback moment. Makes me emotional because I have a daughter and I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, because she didn't know the story of how he got her. So it was the first time she ever heard the story. And she just came over and she hugged me and was like, thank you, mom. Like it was really sweet. But pulled over, took him to food. And, you know, my kid's bio mom told me, hey, I have two more at home. And I said, okay, cool. You know, like, we'll take you back home. We'll take some food for them. No problem. It was just like Subway. You know what I mean? So I uh, went home and then these, you know, I walk up to the door and it's like public housing, that sort of situation. And these two girls come out and the way I always describe them is they look like wilted flowers, you know, like really beautiful, but just kind of, they weren't nourished, you know? And they came from the back and one was 11 at the time and the other was 14. And they, you know, did the teenage thing like, thank you, you know. And so at the time I had like a blog and I was like, you know, do you guys like makeup? Do you like hair? Like, how can I, you know, I'll be back. And they were like, yeah. And I asked their bio mom at the time. I said, what do you guys need? And she said food, you know, like if you can bring back food. And I was like, oh, I can do that. And then the next day I came back with groceries and then said to my husband, I said, look, like I grew up with nothing. So like I grew up child of immigrants, super poor, like, you know, I had to work from nothing. And I said to my husband, I said, look, poor kids are used to people making promises and not following through. They're used to people leaving and not coming back. If we're going to leave, we need to just leave. But if we're going to stay, we can't ever leave. Like, I'm not going to be another source of trauma in these kids' lives. My husband just looked at me and he knows how I am. It's whether it's starting a business when you're married to this type. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you say yes, I'm all in. So be ready, right? I told my husband and we didn't have anything at the time. We were 30K in debt, $24 in the bank. You know, I'm working my nine to five job, but I was like, I'll figure it out. And he was like, okay. And so stayed in their life, bringing groceries and helping with school. But 30 days after we met, their mother told me she was going to jail. Just, you know, addiction, those type of challenges. And so I said, OK, well, how can I help? <laughs> you know, what can I do? What's going to happen with the girls? And she said, I don't know. The state might take them. You know, I, my boyfriend can take them. And I was like, no. You know, how about you? Um, we work something out and I can help support you at least until you get out. And she was slated to do a little over a year at that time. So 30 days after meeting them, I became a mom of three girls. Wow. Ages 3, 11, and 14. How long ago is this? Now it'll be seven years. Okay, so talk us through how it became more permanent. Sure. So, I mean, their mom came out and the girls were like, we're, you know, we don't want to go back home because they were being fed, they were being clothed, they had a house, their grades were getting better and all that. And I said, okay, well, let me talk to your mom, you know, and see, because at the time I was Miss Nicole, you know, like I was just kind of helping out. I went ahead and talked to their mom and I said, how can I support? 
you know what I mean? Like, what do you need? You know, can we co-parent? Maybe I'll get them Monday through Friday during school and then you kind of get them on the weekends and whatever. And their mom was like, sure. But again, addiction is challenging. So she wasn't able to really commit to all of the things that she said she was going to do. You know, I think it's worth throwing in the caveat. Like, I respect and love this woman. You know, like it's she's been through a lot, you know, and she still has made the right choices for her children, you know, and I so I respect her completely. But challenges little by little, you know, her visit became less and my my time became more, you know, and mentor became mom, you know. So over the span of about three years, just we did like more and more legal paperwork, you know, kind of first it was like temporary guardianship, then it was permanent court ordered guardianship. And eventually it was just full on adoption. And, you know, my kids have my last name. So Wow, that is a pretty incredible story. Mm-hmm. And like crazy that you had that intuition to stop and and go back. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm not kidding. It felt like a like a tap on my shoulder, you know, like, hey, something's not OK. Go back. And I can say, though, just always being candid, there was never any intentionality behind it. Like we we're going to have our own kids like we had our own plans and everything. It was just more we were just trying to do the next right thing. You know, you notice like, oh, school starting. Oh, you guys don't have clothing. Like my girls used to cut their pants to make them shorts whenever you know, the seasons would change. Like that was the situation. They would skip school because they had holes in their shoes if it was raining and they didn't want to get have wet feet all day. So, I mean, it was just doing the next right thing. And, you know, the next right thing came down to standing in the role as their mother, you know, and it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Like, it's a huge responsibility. Do they too. still see their bio mom and dad or ju- or do is it just separate? We have a relationship with them. We talk to them probably like weekly or so, but we haven't seen their bio parents in about three years. And part of that's pandemic issues. Right. right. Obviously. But part of it is, you know, addiction and finances and stability and so, yeah, I mean, it's a positive relationship. I have nothing negative to say about their bio parents whatsoever. But, you know, we are their full time primary parents in every way, shape and form. And how has their life changed? How are they flourishing? Tell us about that. <laughs> so the funniest thing that I always say is uh, it's amazing how quickly kids can adjust to like a nice lifestyle. <laughs> right? You know, like <laughs> Kids can adjust really quickly. You know, uh, it's also interesting because we have three kids to see how each of them has adjusted differently. So my youngest really doesn't have any recollection of her previous life. You know, all she knows is that she's lived in nice houses, flown on private jets, you know, had all her needs met. She doesn't understand why everyone doesn't have a Tesla. You know, like granted, she's balanced. This is a kid who does her own chores, has done her own laundry since she was six, is very generous and kind. But, you know, she's only known one life, you know, and we've had her longer than we haven't had her. Because she was three. She was three when we got her and now she's 10, you know, so I I mean, like it's it's the norm. It's the norm for her. We are mom and dad. And her context is I have two moms. I have two dads, you know, and that's just how that is. And mommy couldn't do it. So she got someone to help. That's how she sees it. And that's what it is. Eventually, we'll have different conversations with her to expand on what she needs to know. Um, My 11 year old, fortunately, you know, we got to her before she was too immersed in that life and before she got too jaded and drifted. So she's transitioned really, really well and she's flourishing, but she does have a different appreciation because she knows what it was like before. She knows what poverty feels, tastes and and what it does to you. You know, she knows what that's like. So she's adjusted well and she's thriving. She's a college student. She's making honor roll, doing Dean's List. And she just opened up her first company where she sells head wraps. Yeah, like hair pieces because... Um, I'm going to buy one. Yo, you're so kind. You yeah. have to text me the link. I will. We'll put it in the Thank show notes you. too. You're amazing. Yeah, she um just crossed the six-figure mark. She opened it in March. Wow. Yeah, she's crushing it. Yeah, <laughs> doing her e-commerce. What and a hustler. I know. Well, I got to keep her in school now because she's like, why would I do school? Because oh, why? Yeah, you know, yeah, 
and yeah. I'm like, uh, reading. <laughs> You're like, one day you can graduate. And she's like, graduate. I'm already doing my she's own like, thing. She's like, but to do what? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, but she actually started her business because she was diagnosed with stage four cancer last year. Holy shit. And so she's totally fine now. Wow. You know, thank God. I'm so grateful. But we had to do the whole chemo thing, you know, uh, not last year, 2019, the year before that. During that time frame, she came across these headpieces that didn't irritate her head during chemo. And I'd or I loved them. I'd been wearing them and she just like stole them from me. I was like, Mom, these are like the best head wraps ever. So she was like, I want to make them available for people. So she did the whole inventory vendor. She runs a whole business herself. And you guys know how product businesses are. She does all it's not easy. while making these. Saza list. better start her entrepreneurial yeah. endeavor. She better catch <laughs> up. She's on? almost one and a half. I like know. what she's taking too long. She's so cute. She could literally <laughs> sell like anything. Like, oh my gosh, slap her face on it. Like I'm buying four. You know what I mean? Just when she looks at me, I'm like literally like on social, like, do you need candy? Like, <laughs> like what would you like? So, uh, so she's thriving. So what was, and we, I want to get to your other daughter too, yeah. but what was it like to have a daughter go through something so traumatic mm-hmm. to me? I actually don't think there could be anything worse to have to, yeah. it's almost like you want to take all the pain on and you can't. I run bloated. You know this, I run bloated in my face. I run bloated after a meal. I just run bloated. And I know a lot of you guys struggle with bloat too because inflammation has been a hot topic on the Skinny Confidential. For my face, you obviously know I use an ice roller, lymphatic drainage, facial massage. But for my stomach, I use something else and that is Array. You have seen this all over my Instagram stories. I cannot shut the fuck up about Array. So Array is this product that's created to help women feel their best. To give you a little details, Array was created to help women feel their best. So what they do is they use 100% natural, filler-free organic herbs to help fight bloat. There are only five herbs in this and a fruit-based digestive enzyme. So that's it. That's all that's in it. The herbs are absolutely incredible. They have lemon balm. They have slippery elm, which gets things moving. It's laxative free, but the slippery elm really gets things going. Not in the way where you have to run to the restroom, just in like the perfect way, if you know what I mean. And then they also have bromelain, which is found in pineapple. So if you run bloated after a meal, I would recommend, and what I do is I take two after a big meal. So the reviews online are insane. I have talked to all different people from Anna at Pellicure to Melissa who are obsessed with Array. As you can see, the bloat capsules were designed to give people food freedom so you can enjoy the foods that you love without any discomfort, gas, or bloating. Okay, you also should know that Array's products are very chic and they look so cute on your beauty shelf. Of course, Array is giving us a code. You're going to go to Array.com and use code SKINNY at checkout. That's A-R-R-A-E.com you get 10% off a one-time purchase or 15% off your first month on subscription. Very, very exciting. You guys have asked me for a code on Instagram stories. I didn't have one, but now I do. So you get 10% off a one-time purchase or 15% off a month subscription. I'm telling you, you got to try it, especially if you run bloated. The number one thing moms say, I can honestly say that And you'll appreciate this too. And I don't talk about it much. I'm going to talk about it more in my book because it is something that I think I'm still processing because I was so busy being there for her while running the business that I just compartmentalized. But every mom says, you know, one of two things. One, what do we need to do to fix it? That's like our first mom reaction. How do I fix it? I I will sell everything. Take my blood, take my whatever you need because 
I need my baby okay. And then two, like, can I take the pain? Do you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't want her to go through it, you know? And so that was, she's been through so much already. She just didn't deserve this, you know? And she's the strongest person I know. So like, it was incredible to watch her survive and fight this thing. The day that she was diagnosed, she looked me in the face and she said, mom, I'm not going to die from this. And I said, okay. I said, okay. I was like, and and if I was like, then we're going to do what we, it sounds like it's a done deal. We're never going to talk about it that way again. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even a question. We're not even entertaining this. Let's go. We're doing this fight. And, and we did. It was the two of us, you know, I would sleep next to her, you know, in the hospital, then hop on a plane, go do a commercial, you know, for a brand in New York, fly back, you know, and sleep right next to her again. Wow. And that's what we did for months and months on end. And she did the hard work, you know, but there were some really, really scary moments in there where it was really touch and go. It's got to be like a are... real like life perspective. Oh my you God. You start to conceptualize like what's really, There were times really where I asked myself like, you know, like I'm, I'm a faith girl, you know, I believe in God and I'm, you know, a Christian. And one of the things that was tough for me was I'm a really big believer that God doesn't put good in your life to take it away. Like, I just don't believe that, you know, like I believe in like the amplification of good and abundance and things like that. And the idea that I could get these three blessings out of nowhere and that one would be at risk of losing when I just got her, you know, oh. was like unbelievable to me. But it also allowed me to really remember that, like, she isn't going to die because he wouldn't have given them to me to take him away. So I had to hold on to that because there were some moments there where I saw her going, you know, I saw her leaving and I like was screaming over her body like she can't go. And she's still here. And she's driving me crazy every day. She's 19 now and drives me crazy every day. And I'm grateful for it in every moment. So she started the business at 11. No, she started the business seven months ago. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, uh, what did you say about 11? You said something about we 11. We got her at 11. You got her at 11. And okay. so it was all the difference. And so now she's 19 mm -hmm. and she started her business. And she's, and she's had it for it. a year. She's had it for just about a year. Okay. Yep. And then you have one more. And I have one more. Okay. And I got her at 14 and she'd seen a lot. And she'd been through a lot and she was the mother to her sisters, you yeah. know, Ooh, and she's a lot carrying of pressure. That. She's carrying that. What's great is, you know, we got her through school and everything like that, but she's going through a lot right now. She's fighting to become the woman that she knows she's supposed to be. I think she know? has a pretty good role model. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> wish, I hope, you know, I hope, I mean, I, I don't even want to be a role model. I just want to be your mom, you know? I mean, and that's it. I, so it, you're the, probably the best four, role model. At 14, <laughs> you can pretty much, you like, you remember. You remember and you've seen too much and you know too much, you know, yeah. versus when you're younger, you see things, you may have a different context, but she knew what was happening. She also knew what she deserved and she knew she wasn't getting it. And so that sense of self-worth thing is always going to be a battle for everyone. But what I will say is she's 22 now, which is crazy to think I have a 22 year old, but she is out in the world. She has a boyfriend. She has a job. She has an apartment, you know, and she's doing great. I only want her to know that that's enough and that she wakes up enough and she's not measured by what she can and cannot do or what marks she has hit. But she has high expectations for herself. And I like that. And I know she'll do everything. She's got tons of time to do it. I wonder where she gets the high expectations for herself. I I hope she gets them intrinsically. <laughs> so we'll see. You mentioned something earlier that I would love to talk about. You said sure. that your childhood, you grew up very poor too. Mm -hmm. What was your childhood like? Because I mean, what you've done is, is incredible. Thank I would you. love to know if you were little, you felt entrepreneurial, like... Mm -hmm. Tell us about how you grew up. So 
both of my parents are from Ghana, West Africa. And, you know, they did all the work to get here the right way. Like all the paperwork, they struggled and they came here with hopes of more. But my parents never sold me the concept that the American dream is, you know, the house, the car, the 2.5 kids. It was never that. It was just options. It was just having choices that you don't have when you're other places. And then what do you want to do with them? And I think that's probably the truest thing of everything. So my dad was a cab driver in D.C. And I remember we would drive around, you know, D.C. And when we would drive, uh, he would point out different buildings. And one thing that would always echo in my head is he would say, you know, I want to let you know that in America, you can decide if you want to clean one of those buildings or if you want to have your name on the outside of one. Wow. And... I mean, I was like seven when he was telling me these things. And all I knew was that it was, you know, you borrow a gamer phrase, like a cheat code. I just need to figure it out. You know, I was capable of doing it. You know, my dad said so. I'd seen people who look like me doing it. I just need to figure it out. And my one differentiator, no matter what, was work ethic. It wasn't how much money I had or where I started. It was how hard am I willing to work and no one was going to outwork me. So that's what I did. You know, if you let me in, if you gave me a seat at the table, I was going to close that room out every single time. And I'm really fortunate because I went to corporate America and I did really well. I was four removed from the CEO at 28, you know, when I got my kids, you know, at a huge Fortune 500 company. And then I quit my job. You know, I quit my job live online in front of 10,000 people. What do you mean? I mean, I started like I had a blog, you know, that was making me money on the side. And I was like, I'm going to give this thing full time effort because I just got these three kids because I got my kids at like 27. So I was like, I need to make money because they're going to be in college soon. And I don't have a college fund and I have debt, you know, and I have three kids now. Like and I have a three year old that I need to stay home with because she doesn't like know how to read and she I have to like catch her up. So I just knew I needed more money and I knew that I wasn't going to make it just working my nine to five. So I was going to go into the blog thing and amplify that. I was just going to try it. Big risk. So I started going online and sharing my story. And what year was this? This was in 2014. OK. Yeah. So blogging's new. It was new. It was still new. Yeah, I was on like, the what front the hell's end. A blog what, like, and they definitely the monetizing was new. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't a struggle for me because that's what I did in corporate. You know, I was in business development. I was in marketing. I was in sales. So that part I knew. So my blog always made money. I was making 35K on the side. You knew you, how to negotiate oh, all the deals. Oh, and put, absolutely. Okay. Contracts, partnerships, NDAs. Yeah, yeah. I knew all of that. I also knew profit margins, overheads, you know, all of that. So. I never made blog mistakes that people didn't even understand. And I never did anything for free. Like, I'm literally allergic to it. It gives me <laughs> like hives. Like, you know, I'll do free for like church, charity and kids. You know what I mean? But when it comes to doing free, I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like, it's like influenza. It's like, <laughs> bye Felicia. Like, I can't. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot do it. And so because of that, being able to have a blog was easy for me because I always got paid. But then when I went to my fellow blogger friends and they were like, I do content all day and I never make any money and I don't understand. And like, you know, my content's so good and I have more followers than you. And how are you getting more money than me? And I'm like, because I understand contracts, because I understand reporting, because I understand engagement. I'm talking to these businesses like a business. You're not. And they were like, show me the way. So I started picking up consulting clients on the side, which worked out great in between parenting and the nine to five actually started being a kind of like a time suck, you know, at that point. And I made 11K in my first week. And I started tracking that online instead on my blog because people were like, what are you doing right now? Like you have a lot going on between the kids and what's going on. And that's how I started getting more and more clients. And so I literally had to quit my job because my calendar was booked. So I called up my boss and I said to my boss, hey, you know, I'd love to give a two week notice. 
I recognize I can be burning a bridge, but guess what? I don't plan on coming back across it. I quit. And I appreciate everything that you've done for me here, but just watch your screens, you know, look at the magazine covers as you go down your grocery store because that's the next time you're going to see me. And I was out. And that was... Where does your confidence come from? You're very confident. And I think that that's something to speak on because nowadays with social media, sometimes Mm -hmm. you see people that appear confident, but they're not in person. You radiate a certain confidence. It's a certain sparkle. Charisma is, I guess, the word. And you also like very self-assured. Even when you're just telling me the story about how you adopted three kids at 27, like you yeah. have to have some type of self-assurance to be able to even like... Yeah. Where does that come from? Because maybe someone's listening and they want a little bit more confidence and charisma. I'm really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea what I'm getting into half the time. And so that uh, ignorance is bliss, right? I think that might be part of it. So like when I'm taking in three kids, all I think is, okay, well, yeah, they just need clothes and they need some food and whatever. And then you're like, oh, they need more. Got to figure that out. And I think that's part of it, right? So you and I are a little bit similar. We're oblivious. (laughs) Oblivious. I'm literally like, I'll just do it in bite-sized pieces and I'll clean up the mess No, Michael's like thinking 400 years down the line. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, we'll just figure it out today. I I do think the common denominator though is (laughs) that whole figure it out thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like I think a lot of people, like they, they overthink, they get scared and it's like, I, I think such a, a a more useful skill is like I'm gonna figure it out no matter what, right? Yes. Like you're gonna you're like you yes. don't have a choice. Like I tell myself all the time, like whatever's going on, like I have no choice but to figure it out because I'm in it. Woo 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 woo. <laughs> you Thank got God. wooed last night. I got wooed. You got wooed last night. Thank God for woo. So Michael does this thing after he works out where he'll work out for three days and then he just attacks me. Well, the testosterone's flowing and I and I get going. One thing though, he's not allowed to touch me and this is 100% true without woo and I'll tell you why. If you get UTIs from sex, I know people that take a shower afterwards, they pee afterwards, they pee before and they still get UTIs. Woo will change your life. That is because the coconut oil is an antibacterial oil. And for me, what it does is it really helps avoid UTIs. It's also great because it has beeswax, a little grip to really hold on and grip the penis. Well, when you're sliding around, you need something to hold on to. But it's also amazing for the woman too, okay? There's benefits for him and for her. You should also know Wu has a vibrator. If you haven't tried a vibrator during sex, you're missing out. And you know what else is great when we travel? Because we travel a lot the quickies and the freshies. You want to get a quick one in and then feel fresh after those ones too. Yeah. So the quickies is just the lube in the little packets and then the freshies are for cleanup afterwards. It's worth noting that obviously we helped start this company and it was uh, designed because we were fulfilling some selfish needs. With coconut oil. But also while fulfilling those selfish needs, we've discovered that it might help some other people's needs. And we also had the founder add vanilla essence for a little smell, nice little smell down there. And then we also had a little stevia for taste, beeswax for grip, and then of course the coconut oil because it is antibacterial. So we have a code for you. Of course, use code him and her at checkout. Of course, we have a code for you. Use code him and her at checkout. What do they get, Michael Boston? 20% off store-wide. It's an offer we've run for forever. I would recommend the coconut oil lube and the vibrator. Get it together. And by the way, the packaging comes discreet. So your nosy neighbor, Karen, can fuck off. Enjoy. Code him and her for 20% off. I think that's really what it is. It's not that I am, I'm nervous and insecure and I have all these things, you know, just like anyone else. It's just that I always try to remind myself, like, 
if a plumber can do it, I can do it. Aren't I as late as the smart as a plumber? Like if a roofer can do it, I can do it. Like these are regular people, right? The only difference is they had access to some sort of time, tools, and resources that I just need to find. If I can find those things, I can do anything. So that's the only barrier between me and success, time, resources, and tools. And the same applies for everyone. Well, I love what your dad told you about basically like you can clean it or your name can be on it. Like, mm-hmm. I think that is such a, like a wide spectrum, of, like, it it gives, but it gives you like, I think it's probably empowering to understand that the you choose the path, you have the options. Mm-hmm. The, like, obviously there's an input, which is hard work. Sure. Like you can decide like how hard sure. and how much, but like, I love that spectrum because it's like you said, it's options. Yeah. Right? And a lot of people, I think a lot of people go through life and they don't realize they have those options. Oh yeah. And then they feel backed into a corner and then they don't even try. What's your husband like? <laughs> he's <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Must I know pretty- you, you guys met online. We did. He's the polar opposite. So anyone who watches our show will see like I'm the gas and he's the brakes. Right. You know, <laughs> like and that's he's an attorney. He's very like quiet and down to earth. And his whole thing is like, I trust that you probably have a, like you'll figure this out because he's seen me figure it out over and over again, like in crazier scenarios. Um but he's also the type to be like, you know, OK, well, whatever happens, happens, you know, and that laid back energy tends to be a pretty good balance, you know, uh, when it comes to the business and things like that. Sometimes I wish he'd be a little more fired up. But it you sounds know, like I a really it. good guy. I mean, to take on all the responsibility with you and like that's I mean, a that's, lot of girls, too. Like, he didn't know what he was getting into. He didn't know what he was getting. We have two male dogs. So okay. <laughs> balancing it out. Let him have his male dogs. <laughs> let him have his male I, dogs. If, I, just to let you know, if I do have three girls, I'm not getting male dogs. We're getting females I, just, I start to to think just to do it. Just I mean, it's, it's a, there's obviously a lot of estrogen in this office, a lot of estrogen at home. I'm like, I got to just give me a male dog. I got one dog, but he's a little chihuahua named Boone. And we him. have a chihuahua named Joey Buttafuoco. Oh, so, yeah. He's been new. Our chihuahua is so. the best. Yes. Yeah. I would love to talk about a little bit more your your career and where you got to now. Sure. So, so give us like now you're obviously seems to me you wake up, you work on your own terms, mm-hmm. you have autonomy, mm-hmm. you sort of can run your life. What was that gap like? <laughs> the truth is with entrepreneurship, you don't know what you're doing. No one does when you first come in. Even if you understand the corporate thing and you understand sort of the steps and the logistics, every day is going to be different, but that's part of the draw, right? You know, you don't know what you're going to get into. And I love to tell people you're your name is already being spoken about in rooms you're not even in. So opportunities are happening for me as we speak, and they just haven't arrived to me yet. And that's what entrepreneurship has been for me, is that, you know, I was out there saying, look, my job right now is make income, right, and make a difference. And that's what I focus on every single day. And if I'm able to do that, opportunities just show up. So I was going live online. I was sharing sort of the journey. So people have seen me from the day that I quit my job to the day that I signed my TV deal, to the day that I signed my book deal, to the, through the time that I've had my kids, like the past seven years, it's all been documented. And on top of that, I've also created millionaires and launched products and done all these things. So it's this like weird twofold experience. But now I have a multi-million dollar consulting firm based out of Atlanta, Georgia. I've got employees and staff and I have a top rated podcast and, you know, a TV show on USA Network and, you know, a major seven figure book deal. It's wild. And just if anyone's wondering about book deals, a seven figure book deal is is very lucrative and exclusive. That's not something that's handed out. Yeah, Yeah, my agent, I'm rep by CAA and my agent was like, I only get like two or three of these a year. Yeah, that's very rare. I'm really excited about it. Well, yesterday I saw a post mm-hmm. and I would love for you to talk about that because I feel like you addressed sure. it head on and you can kind of Michael has not seen it. They yet. wouldn't you tell me what it was. Give us context. Yeah. I'm going to learn right now. Yeah. 
So this happens. It's normal, right? Like, it's not normal. I should say just because something is normal doesn't mean it should be normalized, right? But talking about women's bodies, paying attention to their bodies, weight loss books are the top books at the top of every chart. And during the past seven years, because people have seen me, you know, all during this online journey, I've lost, you know, now close to 90 pounds. But it took a long time. You know, like I would say that's been over the span of almost five years and like I've kept it off and people want the answer to be something snazzy, you know, like what tea did you use or what blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's like diet, exercise, hard work and listening to my doctors and doing everything that they told me to do. You know, it's just, it's not like a sexy story. So it's why I haven't made it my platform or shared it because it just isn't necessary, right? But the thing that I've also shared all during that time was I liked myself fat. Like I, that was actually part of why I didn't lose weight right away was because I still think I look good. And I still do. When I look at those photos, I'm like, I look cute that day. Like I look really good. It was that I wanted to be healthy enough for my journey. So it's not cute for me to get on stage and be out of breath because they seem that they pay that same price point for me out of breath that they did for me fit and healthy. Let me give people their best, you know, so that I'm able to give them the high energy show they paid for. So that was why I lost weight, just to keep up with my purpose, not because I was dissatisfied with myself. So I've shared some of that journey online and the response has been mixed, right? Some people are really supportive and overwhelmingly so. Like, way to go. We've seen you get healthy. And there have been highs and lows. I've put on a couple, lost a couple. You know, whenever it happens, I let people know, right? Like, real life ups and down. But then there's the other side of it, you know, where people feel like just because you put yourself out there, they have a right to comment on anything and everything about you. Like, what is a boundary, right? And I think that if there's anything I can say, it's that there's this context, this belief that just because you're an influencer or just because you share what you know, that you aren't entitled to respect, to boundary, to p- privacy. And none of that is true. You just are, common decency. Just common decency. Yep. And it's not OK. You know, it's fiercely not OK because it's symptomatic of how we are starting to treat ourselves in society as a whole. Just this lack of caring of each other. And I don't encourage it. The only thing I encourage is everyone using their personal personal agency to unfollow. You know what I mean? Create a world that you want to be. People use the excuse so, like, well, you put yourself out you there. Put yourself so you put yourself out there. So this comes with that. This comes with that. It's and a that way just to justify poor behavior. And it just isn't. It's like saying that if your kid, you know, goes to school, they're, they're allowed to be bullied. Well, if you don't want them to be bullied, keep them at home. Are you kidding me? It doesn't make any sense. You know, like just what value does it come from? From, you know, you can hold people accountable without criticizing their being, their core, you know, and it's the cheap shots that hurt. So that said, I posted and actually the thing I posted was about my book. I actually said like, you know, I'm working on this book and I'm kind of nervous about it, but I'm making progress. I'm feeling good, you know. But in the picture, I had a crop top on, you know, and it wasn't even like super cropped. It was like baggy jeans. I don't give you a know. fuck if your under tits were hanging out and your nipples <laughs> right. were uh, were erect. Right. Right. So what? Right. Unfollow right. if you don't like if it. If you don't like it or just keep your comments to yourself. You know what I it's mean? It's your house. It's my house. It's my body. My man likes it. You know, like I don't see what the issue is. Right. Um. But, you know, someone felt the need to say, and I think it was the style of their message that was like particularly crazy, but they were like, yeah, you know, what message are you sending wearing a, well, no, first it was, you look great. You know, those like, those fake blessed, like I'm from the South, so bless your heart. You know, it's like not really a compliment. You look great. But I just, I really have noticed that since you've started like losing some weight that you're wearing a little less, you know, and you're more crop tops. And I just wonder what message you're sending to women, to future leaders, and of anything to men. To other men. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, 
So I get the message at first. And thankfully, I have a strong sense of self because this could break someone else. Like people don't even realize what if I was losing weight because I was sick? What if I was losing weight because I was stressed? What if I, you know, people don't recognize that even if you're overweight, you can still have an eating disorder like anorexia. You know, it just may not reflect the same way as someone who has severe anorexia. So they have no idea what I could be dealing with when they project something like that. But my response to it, fortunately, because I'm well, you know, was simply it's hot outside. I'm hot. And that's it. You know, best of luck to you. <laughs> my, my thing with every everyone, though, growing up, like when I was little, I or in high school, I was always like pushing my boobs up and I had really, mm-hmm. really blonde hair and like. Michael used to always say to me, people aren't seeing like the other side of you. And for me, I was I was kind of okay with that because I think we were we're kind of living in a time and hopefully it's getting better where you can be simultaneously pushed up with fake boobs and blonde hair or whatever it looks like a Mm -hmm. crop top on Mm -hmm. a hot summer's day Mm -hmm. and also be a fucking badass in the boardroom. Where is this thing that we can't be a bunch of different things and be multifaceted? You guys have seen this everywhere, and that is the benefits of an infrared sauna. But this is from the comfort of your own home. So little story. We were staying at this hotel in New York, and they had this place called Higher Dose. And I was absolutely obsessed with it. So it was like a sauna and an infrared sauna, and you would go in and you would just sweat it out and feel so amazing afterwards. But now Higher Dose has created something that you can do from the comfort of your own home. And that is Higher Dose's portable sauna blanket. This makes it really easy to get hot and high. Like it makes you high. I'm not joking. From anywhere. So here's the deal. You get the blanket, you lay down inside of it, you turn up the heat and you sweat it out. This is amazing if you're not feeling good, you're hungover, or just if you want like an extra kick in the ass in the morning. I think this is like such a good addition to your wellness routine. You burn six hundred calories in it, which I had to go do all this research. That is so crazy. 600 calories in one sweat session. So what does infrared therapy do? It supports glowing skin, deeper sleep, a balanced mood. And it's really interesting as your core temperature heats up, your brain actually releases a dose of happy chemicals. And this is why when you get out, you feel euphoric. You should also know that the heat instantly boosts blood flow and circulation. So you just get really pretty skin, a boosted mood and decreased bloat. We love decreasing bloat on the Skinny Confidential, if you can't tell. Shit, you should just ice roll while you're taking your array in your sauna blanket. I mean, what's better than that? Okay, so no need to go to the spa. You can do it from home anytime you want. I love this because it's saving you time. If you're not into the heat, don't worry. They also have this infrared PEMF mat, and this recharges your cells to help you feel relaxed and grounded. It just kind of depends what your preference is. So get your own infrared sauna blanket or an infrared PEMF mat today at higherdose.com. You can use promo code skinny at checkout. You are going to save $75. That's higherdose.com. H-I-G-H-E-R-D-O-S-E.com. Promo code skinny, or just go to higherdose.com slash skinny to get your $75 off today. Enjoy. You're going to love it. that with the fact that I'm like openly talking about being a Christian. Apparently when you're a Christian, you can't comma. 
period. Can't do all these things. That's in the Bible? It's, I think it's in there somewhere. Taylor, it's a pull big that, book. Pull that, pull that page it's up, a Taylor. really big book. Yeah. So I'm sure there's somewhere in there where the Lord hath come down and said no crop tops. You know, somewhere in there. I missed it. Was but it Eve butt naked? Eve, I believe I was born that way. So <laughs> right. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I was definitely born with my belly out. But either way, you know, I think what's unfortunate is that you're in this, we're in this world where people want to project their own judgments, you know, and they expect you to fit into this context. And I'm not responsible for the pedestal that you put me on, you know, and I don't ask to be put on one because it's only a place to fall. And I've done nothing but embrace my imperfections and say like, look, I am not perfect, but all I'm trying to do is try every day. And we need to grant each other grace as we are trying to figure this life out. We also need to grant each other grace to be able to change our opinion. If today I like grapes for breakfast and tomorrow I like cereal for Mm -hmm. breakfast, don't hold me to this like holier than now, (laughs) like what my opinion is. It just like, we are normal people. Normal people. It's like, it's that whole like abundance and scarcity mindset. Like I hear Mm -hmm. your story and just, we just met today, but briefly. And I'm like, this is an extremely empowering story. Like this is like, it's an incredible story, right? Like, and I look at it as like, wow, like look at what one human being, like look at all the things someone can accomplish. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and then I think you can go the other way where you can get very bitter and Mm -hmm. angry, but that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's some, that's when you have to like self-search and be like, why is this hitting me this way? Cause we should celebrate stories like yours, right? It should, it should excite other people to be like, I can do that too, or I can get there too. By the way, also to piss the troll off that said that, you also play the piano and cello. So <laughs> let's just add that <laughs> on top just, of let's everything. Let's just go ahead and, you know, sprinkle a little songs on it. playing you know? the fucking cello and yeah. a crop top. Yeah. How many things are you going to say on this episode to keep shocking me? Like, just like, <laughs> what the hell else is going on? Honestly, though, like you can play the cello and the piano and be a badass and right, wear a crop top. Right, right. Let me live my life. You Let know? you live Let your me life. Live my life. I think what um what you said, Michael, though, is like so on the money. I what I always try to remind myself is whenever people look at someone's success and they just don't understand, you have a choice. You can say, "Can you show me how?" or "Tell me more." You know, which is the choice of someone who's responsible and willing and you know wanting change in their own life and growth. And then there's the other side of it. You can throw out things to dismantle it because the vision of their success challenges your own lack. And it's hard to believe there's a world where someone is winning that may look like you or be close to you or have the same resources. So you want to dismantle it. It's like, oh, well, that's because she has more money or, oh, that's because she has this hair or she's skinny or she's this. Look, I got rich fat, you know, with no money, no help. I'm totally debt free now. No loans, no investors, no partners. You know, nobody helped me do any of that stuff. I mean, I had a team and people who have helped me along the way, but I started scrappy. I built my blog for my cell phone, you know? So it's one of those things where that can be difficult for people to absorb. And I recognize that where they want me to have these massive things because then maybe that'll justify them staying with you. But you're not responsible for their insecurity. Not at all. No, but it's not at all. You know, we all know those, there's those people and they look at someone like, well, that person is there only because only because this person gave them, Mm -hmm. they grew up this way. Mm -hmm. They had this. And Mm -hmm. and I understand that. But what I always tell people that have that mentality, I'm like, that's not going to serve you. It's not, it's going to hold you back. And the person that you're projecting that on, it doesn't have no effect on them either. They're going to keep going and keep winning and doing their thing. So you got to flip that and be like, well, if they can do it, what are the, what can I do to also do it? Like that, I always look at things like that because no matter what level of success you have in your, in your life, there's always somebody further along the road. That's just, that, that makes what you're doing look not nearly like as successful as what they're doing. And I think like 
always like looking to win and saying, okay, like what else, how can I do that? How can I be better? Instead of saying like, well, I'll never get there because they had X, Y, Z. Absolutely. I mean, all the time that you're sitting there, you know, judging what you think they're doing, you're missing all the lessons. A hundred percent. And you're you're giving yourself a reason why you shouldn't have what they have. Or just joy. Like I just enjoy following Lauren. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's I, nice. it's, I just enjoy it. You know, I enjoy following you. Thank you. Like, it's not like um, a situation of need. I love how I do think that you bless me sometimes because you'll bring either products into my life where I'm like, I didn't know this and I needed it. Like your ice roller. Nice. I didn't even know that was a thing. You know what I mean? And I'm out here dealing with bloat for the first time, like over 30. You well, know, you're getting one. Where, Thank you. <laughs> I need that. I was like, I literally, like, I really and I will be I'm literally everyone's getting rolled. I was saying this. I was like, I'm going to be rolling to people on the street. Like, let me just help you. Just in our headscarves. You're welcome. Yes. And headscarves. Do you, right. you want to tell us her business just a side note oh you're so kind yeah, yeah it's called summer arrow okay. it's my summer arrow on instagram and it's just summerarrow.com. cute yeah, online thank and you and is there one we should start with or is there it's only so i uh, this is like a business thing she doesn't have too many stock keeping units she keeps it really simple so it's one design okay. but it comes in several colors and it Can't fits wait. everyone it's amazing thank you for that i, I love it. it i love She's it super excited you mentioned weight loss. Yeah. I know that you don't like to talk about mm-hmm. it too much. You told me off air. Maybe you yeah. can speak on that if you want sure. to. There are people I'm sure that are struggling with weight. And you, you what I liked what you said is there's no magic secret. Mm-hmm. Was it just working out, mm-hmm. eating healthy? What mm-hmm. did you make changes fast, mm-hmm. slow? Did you do a program? Mm-hmm. What did you do? So the biggest thing that I think a lot of people forget is <laughs> weight isn't just like for a goal. So I'd always treated it like that, where it was like, oh, I want to get skinny for this thing or, oh, I want to get fit for this thing. Instead of saying to myself, oh, every day when I look at my plate, I need to choose life every single day. So what am I choosing? Now, choosing life doesn't mean I always eat grass. You know, like it means that, you know, for me, for my life, it may be improved by eating this donut today. Do you know what I mean? Like, and this is worth it. I'm choosing life in its, in its richness as well. But I have to be intentional about what I'm doing rather than mindlessly consuming. And that applies to social media. That applies to your business. It applies to your food. And once I made that shift, which it's not surprising, it came along with entrepreneurship and more personal development and all that. It just became really hard to not respect myself by treating my body well. You know, it's a it's a self-worth thing. And therapy helps with that too. I'm a big therapy fan, you know, and my whole family spent a mortgage on therapy. So it's like, you know, knowing all of those things, it just became easier for me to say, like, I deserve to treat myself well. And so that's what happened. And I don't talk about it much just because, again, people are obsessed with our bodies. They're just obsessed with like, what's your secret? What's your trick? What's your this? The answer is that no matter what I tell you, it's still your own journey. And it's so dangerous for me to play in that space as not an expert when people's bodies are so different. And it's such an intimate personal relationship with what messaging you've been told, what your goals are. The best place to start is with your doctor. Go to your doctor, believe what they say, you know, and apply what you need to know and just do the work. You'll see the changes. What's something that people would be surprised to know about you? You've shared so much online. What's something surprising? I am able to artificially inseminate a cow. What? What? (laughs) See? See? What does that mean? Plot twist. So growing up, I grew up, I went to boarding school in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So I was part of Farm Club and 4-H. So I used to show cows, uh, raise and breed and shear sheep. And I used to show rabbits at the farm show in Pennsylvania. So I also know how to artificially inseminate a cow and like rear them. You Wait, said you were ready for the apocalypse. You're really oh, ready I'm, for like, the apocalypse. I really am. Like you, I am your apocalypse You can friend. take 
fake yeah. sperm and put oh, it real, and put it into a cow. Real a real sperm and put it into it, a cow. Yeah, it's definitely not fake sperm. It's like it's Do you uh, it would stick be a it up their penis. nipple. No, you actually what? take your um whole arm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, you know how science works. Can you explain this to me? Yeah, no, Nicole, I told listen, you I was Nicole, oblivious. <laughs> I am so fucked if I have to go through the apocalypse with Lauren. I'm gonna get, no, 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 no. Just text me. Just text me. If you have to save humanity, you're gonna be there shoving things up nipples. What are you talking about? Wait, you shove it obviously shove it up the cow's vagina. Right. Yeah. So what does actually, a cow vagina look like? You insert it into it their ear, Lauren. Like, I guess I would say it looks like a giant people vagina almost. Taylor, don't get any ideas. Yeah. So like what you do is Ugh. you wear um a really long glove that goes up almost to your shoulder because everything's very deep. Their cervix is like further back. And then I know these are real sciencey things. And then you lube yourself up real good, obviously, like out of respect to the cow. You probably ask the cow's name, maybe. The cow like, would love apologize. some lube because the cow wants right. coconut oil lube. <laughs> right. Don't be using KY. Right, I know. We got to be like respectful. And then- This show gets weirder and it weirder. It gets weirder. Well, we didn't think it'd go there, but let's just say that we brought value today. <laughs> so skill And you just stick it up there. That's it. You just go in there and up to your shoulder and, and then you artificially inseminate. It's like, a tube thingy. But why can't the cow just be fucked? Well, the cow, the cow could be, but you also want to make sure. What a sure, scientific way to say it. I mean, it's the science of it, yeah. you know, but you do want to make sure that like, first of all, that all your cows are okay. And also the odds, right? Like this is far more specific, Got far it. more precise. And if you want to have additional calves, this is what you want to do. So, so maybe you can get Michael's sperm and you can artificially <laughs> inseminate me if he pisses me off. <laughs> I need to find a, 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 well, I don't think I need a long glove, right? Like, I mean, that'd be intense. <laughs> Since we're going to talk about, so you know, really Lauren's know cervix placement here. right uh, now. I mean, I this just, is how it is. We, we go everywhere. In we are everywhere. Keep it classy. I know <laughs> you're going to have a really good answer for me on this question. Okay. What's your morning routine? Oh, my gosh. So here is the answer. So every entrepreneur is like, I wake up at 4 a.m. I <laughs> meditate. You know, I fix my cup of coffee and I do these 10 things. The first I tried that. Right. Like that was my first three years because that's how you're supposed to do entrepreneurship. And then I was like, no, who am I? So I started paying attention to what my natural routine was, which is I like to wake up late. Homegirl loves to sleep in. You know what I mean? And that is not popular to say, but it's the truth. And I'd rather stay up just a little later on the back end and have a sleep in. So what I did was I built a routine around my real life routine. So I don't like talking to anyone before 1130. So don't put a call on my calendar before then. I'll wake up and work, but I don't want to talk to people. So I stopped putting calls there and it just, I get so much more done because I'm not trying to pretend to fit into someone else's routine. So I wake up, I kind of like bustle around a little bit, take my shower. Like I'm really into my skincare. So I do my skincare stuff, you know, and I eat, drink like that sort of thing. And then I like to sit a little bit, you know, if I can deal with the kids, whatever. And then I kind of ease into my day. That's just what I prefer. I'd rather tack it down on the back end. I'm a fan of sleep too. I mm -hmm. think there's been this like weird thing with entrepreneurs oh, yeah. where we're not supposed to sleep. I think sleep is one of the most important things to make me effective. Mm -hmm. Well, Absolutely. we learned like we we had this whole discussion with with Ben Greenfield on this show. I'm pursuing like an expert on all this stuff. And he said, some people circadian rhythm, like some people are morning, some people are mm -hmm. evening and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like you can't force yourself to be something you're not. And like people try to do that 5 a.m. thing. If they're not that type of person, like it's just not going to work for them. Well, I think you guys had Dr. Amen on the show too, yes. right? Yeah. And he'll tell you all day, like with your brain, like if you don't sleep, like you're creating baby holes in your brain. Like it's not a good thing. Like you actually need to sleep. So yeah, lean in on that. I totally agree with mm -hmm. you on sleep. I like at least nine hours. And if Michael yes. talks to me before a certain time, I'm like, 
nightmare. And people don't think it's like, I'm super, super nice in the afternoon. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. that is okay. I, I tried to do that 5 a.m. thing too for a while and I did it for a while. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm going to get up naturally when I feel. You like mm-hmm. to wake up at about seven. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, I, like now with the child, you know, I'm up when she's up. Yeah. When she lets you, right. Six, I wake right. up at seven, but if I could pick when I wake up, it would be eight. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And it's, and the thing about it is that is, healthy. It's functional. I get all my stuff done. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's what matters. So I'd rather stay up a little later. Like also I like to go out with my friends. I like a nice dinner, you know, like these are things that are conducive to like, you know, a later start in the day. So what about wind down? Do you have any things that you do when you wind down? Absolutely. So, um, I started with, you know, my kids because I didn't, you know, I was making up parenting as I went cause I didn't do infancy. So like, it's not like I prepared. It's not like I had any of that stuff. So one of the things I learned with my little one who didn't have a sleep routine when we got her because she was like kind of free range child, you know, that sort of thing was that she needed wind down time, like before bedtime. So yes, bedtime was this time, but bedtime started like 45 minutes before that. And so I've actually kept that now that she's older where I'm like, okay, starting to wind down, you know, like I'm turning off devices. I'm walking around the house, you know, like I'm drinking some water, you know, um, I like to shower before bed because there's just, I like getting into bed clean, you know, it's also good for sex, right? Like, you know, it's just like you're extra fresh or whatever. So, so I do all those things, you know, and then that allows me to like, you know, be in a good place and I go to sleep. One of my favorite things this kind of goes into to winding down is we took all the light bulbs out of our lights in our bedroom and we replaced them with red light. And oh, I, I'm smart. like, I don't know why I'm so sensitive to artificial light, mm-hmm. especially when I'm winding down. Well, I don't just e- for the lamps. We have I don't even want lights, the, the lamps, the lights on red. ever. Smart. Like smart. it's either natural light or it's red light. There's no in between. No, that, that's I will so take that tip because I feel it's like you would love that. I would love that. Just that's take so the smart. light bulbs out. You, you don't even want to use them anyway. Well, and it's your bedroom. So like, it's just like I have never had a TV in my bedroom because I heard that you have less sex if you have a TV in your bedroom. We just got rid of our TV in our bedroom. It's an actual Who thing. Who was right about that? Nicole yeah, just said. It's an actual thing. He asked me, he goes, are you sure you don't want a TV in our bedroom? Mm-hmm. I said. Well, she watched you, you got all the housewives on all the time. Yeah, but I can watch housewives, but it not. I don't want to watch a huge we screen. We sleep way better. Better sex. Mm-hmm. Better sleep. Yeah, it's way better. Mm -hmm. It's having a TV in your room too. If I wasn't on my phone all day, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But now this culture, we're all addicted to our phones. I need a break. Yeah. And you'll get up and like find yourself just like in bed on a weekend. And it's like, man, I just lost all this time. And it's like, no, I also feel like, and this, there's no science behind this that I know of, but it might be a thing like energetically having these plugged in devices feels like a lot in my room. Do you know, like, I don't need these like Nicole, wavy waves, we gotta go you get know? a glass of wine. <laughs> I was like, it's a thing, you know? It's, so it is shut totally it down. It's, you know, what's so weird. You're going to think this is so weird. M- Michael has this room and it's 20,000 electronics. It's like Which printer, your man cave oh, in the LA. Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like printer, juve, uh, chargers, everything. And when you go in there, you your anxiety, energy literally. gets weird. And the baby never goes in this mm-hmm. room because she doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. And so I totally agree with you. Having all these plugs in your mm-hmm. room, it can't be healthy. It's a thing. And I mean, just think about it. All the stuff you would do. And I tell this to every mom, all the stuff you do for your kid. Why did you stop doing it for yourself? So did you put a TV in your baby's room? 
did you are you like obsessed about like BPAs and plastics and natural foods and organics and you slathered your child in sunscreen before you went out, you gave him a hat, you did all these things. So at what point were you like, now it's okay for me to kill myself? You know what I mean? Like at what point did you stop doing it for you? So I always try to remember that, you know, and same thing applies with like your inner thoughts. So whenever I have something, I'm like, man, I'm not good at this or I'm not that. I'm like, would I say that to my daughter? I wouldn't, you know? Oh, that idea is terrible. You'll never succeed. Would I say that to my daughter's face? No. So don't say it to your yourself. So it really, really helps a lot, especially with like my living, you know, like would I feed, feed this to my kid? Would I give my kid a Coke at, you know, 10 o'clock at night? Probably not. I probably shouldn't do it for me either. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Michael's like, I end, end. <laughs> Wellness and beauty things that you do. So I am really passionate. It's actually like part of my brand, if you will, about two things, eyebrows and exfoliation. If you don't have good eyebrows, you can't watch my kids. You can't do my taxes. Like, I don't trust you. Like, stay away from me. Like, Michael needs to brush his up. Yeah, it's like an actual thing. And good eyebrows just means like either self-restraint. So you're not doing too much, right? Or like well-shaped and manicured with intention. Either way, that just, it's eyebrow personality. But it, like when they are just reckless, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, I can't let you near my things, you don't know? look at my eyebrows. Oh, no, they're good. They're, they're well-maintained. They're full, you know, we just got to brush them up, but yeah. go on. Yeah. So there's that. And then the other part is exfoliation. So, so many people think that they have crap skin, but it's just because they're putting trash on top of trash on top of trash. And exfoliation is a thing where we're never really, we're told about like washing your face and moisturizing your face, but no one talks about the importance of like sloughing off your old skin so that that way everything else works better, you know? And so for me, I've been exfoliating since I was 13. So literally people are like, your skin's so amazing. Oh my gosh. It's because this is my 13 year old skin. No new skin has ever settled on it. I have literally literally just sloughed it off whenever it tried, you know? What exfoliator do you use? I wish I got to interview for my book. Oh no, it's okay. Next one, right? Next, Next one, one Next right? One. We'll put it out in the yeah. world. So I'm actually coming out with my own exfoliating product. So uh, that of is, course of course are. I am. So <laughs> just because a lot of people don't know how to exfoliate and so they're using the wrong thing all the time, you know? So it's either too harsh or like they're using, uh, you know- St. Eve's apricot, I, throw that shit I'm away. I about to say it, girl. Beads. I was like, first of all, it's not even apricot scrub. It's it's walnut seeds. Second of all, if you were to microscopically look at those up close, this is in your book. If people haven't read the book, grab the book. You All this stuff is there. Like I'm not telling you anything you don't, you don't need to know already. But- it's if you look at them, they look like little daggers, like each of them. And you are literally doing micro cuts on your face. Like, why? Like, why would you do that? You know, so in any case, we graduate, you know, graduate your grow up, you know, and glow up a little better. So I use a daily exfoliator that I'm working on, you know, made from a rice powder that it's just the shape of it on a molecular level is the right shape to, you know, gently exfoliate your face. And it's just kind of fail proof. You know, so I use that and it's my game changer. I can't function without it. I can't wait to try that. When I first <laughs> met Michael, he was using like Old Spice and apricot scrub oh, in his shower. It. I didn't have yeah. apricot scrub on it. Yeah, you did. You did. You didn't have that one. Probably did. See, and yeah. this is how you know it's real love because I would never. Like no, you would you be just, so single. Mm-mm. No, but here's the thing. <laughs> well, you should my, see it now. Now she's, she's yeah, got here's me on a whole my new thing. You can refine it slowly over time of to course. get it how you want it. But when I walked into that, I was like, we don't know how the hell would we, we don't, nobody taught me this. Well, that was one of my favorite chapters of the book was kind of like, how do you get your man, you know, on board, you know, Jeez, for the you routine. read the book. I'm going to give you a book report. I love yeah, it. No, I just thought, well, no, it's just nice. the truth though, because I care about skincare. You know what I mean? And people don't understand, like, if you didn't believe in it before, believe in it now, like with the pandemic, it just keeps you ready. So like the two things that I love, love, love that you talk about in your book also is uh, self-tanner. 
first of all, it was a game changer for me. Self-tanner. Which one? I use tanner drops from Ulta. Just okay. like they're really inexpensive. They're $7. And um, the self-tanner drops, I just mix it with my moisturizer. Now, because I'm a dark-skinned black woman, people are like, but why would you use tanner drops? Doesn't make sense. I use it so I don't have to use foundation. We still have color variants, you know, no matter what shade your skin is, where maybe your cheeks are a little lighter or, you know. Don't tell me you're not wearing foundation right now. I am wearing I'm wearing powder over my face like I'm using just like a Morphe light powder, but I don't have a liquid foundation on right now. So and then I have a little under eye powder, but that's it. Looks so, very good. Thank you. I can literally wake up. And if I don't want to wear makeup, I don't have to because I use these tanner drops. So it keeps my complexion even without me having to have the pressure of makeup and definitely no sun damage. I'm going to try that so, tanner drops with moisturizer. Yeah, with moisturizer, okay. just a couple of tanner drops because it's so light, you know, and it just evens out the complexion. And that's like a game changer for me. Like I swear by it. And then, oh, and vitamin C serum. That's the other brand. Thing I, by. Uh, I use a brand that's organic that I get on Amazon, a small batch called Eva okay. that I love. And so um, those are the things I use, just like an exfoliating product. I can't wait to try your exfoliator. It's going to be amazing. Just there's nothing like it on the market, you know, and we I think, you know, just like I'm not reinventing exfoliators, just like how you drastically improved on ice rollers. You know, it's like that's what it's about. We're not asking you're updating a category. Well, it's updating a category. Exactly. It's like, you know, Steve Jobs didn't invent the phone. He just took buttons off of it, you know, and it made it so much better for our whole life. And so you did the same thing with ice rollers. Like the worst thing about them is that they break all the time. They don't hold cold. They don't hold cold. They're not cute. They look ugly they like a butthole. They your face and you can't get up in there. And you they're know? plastic. Yeah. You that can't was, get up I in didn't there. want that. Yeah. I want it to feel like, and they're also not like pretty, pretty, you know, or they're too pretty and they don't function. You so. want an experience with whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Well, what I like about yours is you you never look dumb using it. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, that's you nice. can, you can roll anywhere. Like I'd be rolling in the car, you know, and not looking crazy. And people would probably just be like, what are you doing? It looks good. Like it looks comfortable. It looks like you're spoiling yourself, you know? So that's very, it. very nice. Well, it's very, very true. Zaza <laughs> is going to call your daughter when she turns two <laughs> and start her business. I'm here for it. She should call me. I'm the consultant. Honey. But- but she can get some motivation. Yeah, mommy's going to be like Chris Jenner. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You are absolutely incredible. You can come back oh. anytime you want. There were so many more questions that I would have loved to have asked, asked you that are more niche. So come back anytime when your book comes out. Oh, thank you. When your product comes out. Oh. In the meantime, if someone wants to consult with you, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Pimp yourself out. All right. Well, you can learn everything about me. Keep up with the show, which uh, you can watch all of season one on usanetwork.com streaming. Um, You can find out when the book comes out. You can listen to the podcast, the Nicole Walters podcast. All the details are at NicoleWalters.com. And do we know the name of the book or is it not out yet? The name has not been released. Okay. Yes. Well, when it's out, it. post it on Reach your Instagram story. On. Will, and will. really quick, one more time, yeah. your daughter's line, her Instagram handle. Yes. You can just go to summerarrow.com or at my summer arrow. Amazing. Thank you for coming on. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. We are giving away a copy of Get the Fuck Out of the Sun. It is my book available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, and where all small books are sold. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode with Nicole on my latest Instagram, at Lauren Bostick. Make sure you guys follow Nicole. She's absolutely incredible. Support her daughter's business. It is so cute. I went and stalked it. And on that note, we'll see you next time. 